0: Welcome back to episode number 23. Today we are going to be talking about the Pygmalion effect. The Pygmalion effect is something that you can take away from this podcast and you you can apply to whatever setting it is when you are trying to teach somebody something. That might be in your workplace, that might be on the footy field, that might be on the tennis court, that might be as a coach. As a parent, as a teacher, as an employer, you can use this and help your disciples reach for the stars. Enjoy. G'day, folks. Welcome to the Crashing into Potential podcast. In this podcast, we're going to be talking about resilience that is, getting back up after you have been knocked down. My name is Scott B. Harris and I'm the author of the book, Crashing Into Potential, Living With My Injured Brain. It's a memoir that I have written and published that outlines my story of resilience after a major motorbike accident that nearly took my life. This podcast is designed to take what's inside of me and bring it out so that you can feel motivated to crash into your own potential. Brace yourself because the podcast is about to start. Welcome back to the Crashing Into Potential podcast. My name is Scott and I am your host for today. I'm your host. Last week, I'll be your host host in the next episode. I'm always going to be the host. Might get a guest in here, here and there, but predominantly I am the host. Today we're talking about the Pygmalion Effect. The Pygmalion Effect is a it's all about our expectations of people and what that actually does to their performance. So it'll be it'll be it's a very very interesting uh, interesting topic. And once you understand how this works, you can help your team or help your students or help your your children to perform better at the job that they are doing. So that's what we're that's what we're talking about today. Before I start, I just want to show my gratitude for you taking the time out of your day to listen to what I have to say. You see, time is the most precious resource that we can never get back. So I appreciate you spending your most valuable asset listening to me and listening to what I have to say and listening to me talk down this microphone to myself and enjoy every moment of it. Alright, let's get started. Today, we're talking about what is called the Pygmalion Effect. If you've never heard of heard of this term before, you might have heard of the self-fulfilling prophecy. If you've never heard of that before, don't worry. Just Google it like I did. So that's what we're talking about today, the Pygmalion Effect. So what it is, is the higher your expectations of somebody are, the higher that they will perform. And vice versa, the higher somebody's expectations of you, the higher you will perform. So this all came about back in the 60s by a chap named Robert Rosenthal, And what he did, he was at Harvard University and he gave two, uh, two groups of students two different groups of rats and these students had to teach the rats how to get through the maze now one of the groups of rats that he gave to the students he told them that they were maze bright so that they so these 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 rats had been bred to do mazes and they were super smart and they were they were actually going to excel and the other group were told that these rats were maze dull rats so i guess they're a little bit a little bit stupid maybe um and 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 and, and you see he saw how it went and now what's what's interesting about this study was that the rats that performed the best were the ones that were taught by the students that believed that these rats were the smart ones and they were amazing uh, p- uh pardon pardon the pun so after this experiment uh, roosevelt uh, he, he he rationalized that this will be the same thing with teachers and students. So the next study he did was with an elementary with an elementary school. So in 1968 uh, Robert Rosenthal uh, he went into an elementary school and tested the students at the start of the year. And then he was going to test them at the, they were going to test them at the end of the year. And this test was pretending to be a test uh, to predict ac- academic blooming and the teachers were told about the test the students weren't told about what the tests were but the uh, but the teachers were uh, they were told that a certain number of students were predicted to uh, they were predicted to uh bloom academically and they were gonna they were gonna be superstars by the end of the year Not maybe not superstars but they were their their academic game was going to be upper level by the end of the year now obviously these uh these students were just picked at random so he didn't actually know who was gonna gonna be better academically and whose iq was going to go up but they were just picked at picked at random and then told to the teachers they came back at the end of the year and did the same study on the of the iq test and a very very interesting thing came about the students that were picked randomly a year later were the ones that showed greater intelligence gains so the students that they had picked at random to be good students and academic bloomers actually proved to be the academic bloomers by the end of the year so how did this happen well There's four factors that influences the way in which teachers teach the smarter and the brighter kids. And I think this is, well, I think it is, all this is totally subconscious and it's not something we think about. It's just something that we all gravitate towards. The first the first thing is the climate factor now the climate factor is how warm you make these students feel when they're in your class so if you've got two people in your class you've got nancy down the front and you've got johnny up the back nancy comes to class she's she's there every day early she sits at the front she doesn't make a sound she puts her hand up all the time. She doesn't just shout stuff out. She's really nice to the teacher. She does favors for the teacher if, she, if, if the teacher needs it. She just really wants to be there and really wants to learn. But then you've got Johnny up the back who leans back in his chair, makes noise, makes smart ass comments, throws things at, at, at other students. He's, he's a bit of a disruptive student at the best of times. Now, of course, you're going to be paying more attention to Nancy. Of course you are. And you're going to be nicer to Nancy. You're going to, be, you're going to be welcoming Nancy. And you're going to make Nancy feel super, super, super at home when she's in your class. As opposed to Johnny up the back. The second factor is the input factor. So the teachers will teach more material to those students that they find are more like Nancy. This is because they know that the Nancys of the class... They want to learn, whereas the Johnnies they don't really give a shit. Number three, the third factor is the response and opportunity factor. So teachers will will tend to favour the Nancys more uh, when it comes to when it comes to asking asking questions of the group. So if they if, if if the teacher asks a question of the group and Nancy puts up her hand, she will get a better response and a Uh, a more in-depth response than, than Johnny will get. Because the teacher knows that Johnny doesn't really care about the answer that much. He doesn't really want to be there, but Nancy does. So I'm going to explain it to her a lot more. And I'm going to explain to her exactly why she got that answer wrong and why she got that answer right and what she could maybe elaborate on. And the fourth factor is the feedback factor. The feedback factor all comes down to, you know, the positive reinforcement for the right answer and the wrong answer. So the teacher will praise Nancy more when she gets the right answer. So if Nancy Nancy gets the right answer, wow, that's well, well done, Nancy. I knew you would get it. Nancy is the one. You are sitting at the front. You are the best student in the class. High five, Nancy. Boom. I knew you'd get that one. Whereas if Johnny answers the correct answer from, from up the back, it would probably just be, yep, that's it. Well done, Johnny. Good on you. And we'll move on. And if the if the if the student gets the answer answer wrong, they will elaborate more and work with the student to get the right answer. So something like, uh, no, Nancy, that's actually the wrong answer. But if we were to put this with that, we would then get something else. What would that something else be? You guessed it, Nancy. You. Ah, uh, my favourite student. Another gold star for you. Well done. Whereas uh, when, when Johnny answers the wrong question, i oh, sorry, answers the question wrong, the teacher may just say something like, Ah, uh, no, sorry, Johnny, that was wrong. Does anybody else know the answer to this? Ah, oh, I knew you'd know it, Nancy. You are such a good student. You know what? I think you deserve another gold star. Well done. So those were the four factors that influenced the way a teacher teaches a certain student. Now that was done. That study was done back in nineteen sixty-eight. So, so there have been many, many skeptics sort of over the years uh, about the validity, validity, vali, the validation, no, the the validity is the word i the validity of 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 this this uh, this study, and. In 2009, they did the same sort of study on, on, in the workplace. And what do you know? They got the, got the exact same result. They found that employees responded favorably to their bosses' expectations. So the higher expectations the bosses had on the staff, the higher they actually performed. So any of you out there that are, that own a business, own a small business or you're in a corporate job and you're the boss of someone, take this on board and raise your expectations of your workers. But don't raise it in, uh, raise it in an un- unrealistic way. Raise it and encourage your workers to perform better. And I guarantee that they will perform better. Now, this Pygmalion effect, you can take this into... You can take this anywhere that you're trying to teach somebody. So you can take it onto the onto the sporting field as a coach. This is a very powerful tool to use as a coach, or even parenting. When when you're trying to teach your teach your students, <laughs> when you're trying to teach your little students, you're trying to teach your kids uh, how to do something. This is a great thing to to try and help encourage them to perform better. Now, this doesn't mean that you have to you have to you have to teach everyone uh, as though they are going to be the next Einstein, and they're just going to be a whiz-bang, whatever it is that you're teaching them. It's all just about knowing that all people have the capacity to learn. This is called the growth mindset, and the growth mindset I've mentioned before, and it's the mindset where you believe that you are capable of learning something, and intelligence and learning can be acquired. Uh, as opposed to the fixed mindset where you believe that you're, you're stuck with the skills and the abilities that you have. And another effect is called the Gollum effect. And the Gollum effect is the opposite. So expecting when somebody's going to do low, uh, perform low, that they're probably their performance is going to be pretty much on par with, with your expectations of them. This is big in the disability community. Uh, in society, we 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 basically expect less of, uh, of of people with a disability. So our expectations of these people are much lower than than anyone else in society. When I, when a person with a disability has a low expectation of themselves, naturally, our expectations of them are gonna be much, much lower. So if our expectations of them are low, and their expectations of them are low, there is a very, very big chance that they are not going to perform anything higher than low. I have seen this time and time again throughout my recovery. People that are in my position that have a brain injury a lot of the time do not they they don't reach for the stars because the expectations of others on them are not that they're going to reach for the stars so they don't reach for the stars now I've never never verbalized this because I've never studied it but I can see exactly how this would work with with disabled people since the day of my accident or since the the moment that I woke up out of my coma i have always been trying to prove to myself that i am not as da- disabled as i think i am and this mindset comes from other people's expectations of me so other people that are have expected that my brain injury is so bad that i I don't have uh, I don't have the capacity to do things and to learn things like everyone else does. I have been trying to prove that no, you're wrong. I do have the capacity. It's going to take me longer. It's going to take me a lot more effort, but I do have the capacity to learn whatever it is that I need to learn. But uh, I guess over the years there 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 have definitely been moments when uh, when I've bought and I've actually bought into. When I've bought into this this idea of people, that people have of me. But definitely knowing about the growth mindset has helped me so much. I know that I have the capacity to learn and to grow and to acquire more knowledge than I have right now, more knowledge that was taken out of my brain when it was injured and I know that I have the capacity to, keep, to become a better human being and better at any skill that I want to practice and that I want to master. I'm going to give you some tips now to help you work with this Pygmalion effect. And before I start, if you're on the receiving end, this is, I guess, is tip number one. If you're on the receiving end of the Pygmalion effect, so you're the Johnny of the class, My suggestion to you is learn all you can about the growth mindset. Learn about the mindset because once once I learn about this, that was what unlocked my power and my determination to, to really strive for anything that I want because I know that I can get it. It's just a matter of time before it comes. So learn about Learn about the growth mindset and and work with it. Now, tip number one, if you're, uh, this is, I'm going to do employers first and then I'll do teachers after that. Tip number one, if you're an employer, um, to avoid succumbing to the Pygmalion effect, the first thing you can do is raise your expectations of your employees. Now, it's about raising the expectations of them, but making it verbal and telling them that you're raising the expectations of them in an encouraging way. As an employer, you should know exactly what your uh, what the strengths are of your staff, so um, so you can start to work with these strengths to help them achieve more. I'll give you an example. So let's just say let's just say that Nancy is really really good, and well, Nancy Nancy and Johnny now have entered the workplace. And how Johnny got the same into the same workplace as Nancy, God only knows. But let's just say, for argument's sake, they're in the same workplace. And I'm going to use those two as an example again. And they actually have the same job. So let's say that Nancy is really organized. And she's really good at spreadsheets and really good on the computer. She She can touch type absolutely phenomenally. So all the Word documents she types out, she just loves all that. On the other hand, Johnny. Johnny is really bad at organising things. He doesn't really know how to work, uh, work a spreadsheet that well. He knows how to, but he's not that good at it. Uh, he's not that good at typing, uh, but he's really, really good with his hands, and he can make, he can do amazing things when he when he actually when he when he actually uses his hands to make things. So you're not going to give all of the spreadsheets to Johnny and all of the hands on work to Nancy. Because that is not working with their strengths. Instead, of course you're gonna give all of the all of the hands on stuff to Johnny because you know he's gonna do well with that. And Nancy's gonna get those get those spreadsheets done on time, in order. Everything will be on your desk Monday morning at eight AM on the dot so that's number one raise your expectations and work with their strengths number two is that we when you are in a group discussion you need to give everyone the opportunity to talk and to respond and to partake in the discussion so i guess this is about making it warm and not um, not dismissing anybody's answers for anything because as soon as you dismiss something from someone, they are definitely not going to answer the question the next time around and a lot of a lot of the time that people don't want to put up their hand or don't want to speak out aloud in anticipation that they're gonna get the question wrong and they don't want to they don't want to look stupid and don't want to be embarrassed and the fourth tip that I've got for you is to give positive reinforcing feedback. So to any questions, don't just answer, yes, that's right, or no, that's wrong. Give them more of an elaboration of their their answer and and give them actual feedback on things that they can change. So that's in the workplace. Now, as a teacher... It's much the same. The first thing you can do is create a safe place for students to answer any questions that they might have the answer to. So a place where students feel comfortable when they walk in the door and they they can feel comfortable to put up their hands and and answer any question that you have of them. Tip number two is put as much energy into Johnny up the back. As you do to Nancy that's down the front. Because remember, everybody has the capacity to learn. It's all about the growth mindset and having a growth mindset and adopting a growth mindset. And if you would like me to come to your, your school and teach the growth mindset to your students, head on over to www.scottbharris.com.au And head on over to the speaking page, and that's where you'll find all the information and get in contact with me through that. The next tip that I have for you is to give each student the time that he or she needs to respond to any of the questions that you have asked. So if somebody puts their hand up and they ask and they answer a question, give them the space to get out what. They want to get out and work with them to help get that out answer out, uh, get the right answer out of of their of their brain because it's probably sitting in there somewhere. Well, it should be sitting in there somewhere if you have taught them right. Now, this is in order to give them good feedback. So, number four is giving positive reinforcement. And not only to the questions that have been answered successfully, but also to the to the the answers that have been answered wrong, so you need to find something in that answer that was right, and you need to work with that. You can't just say "No, that's wrong, move on and look i I know I know how hard this can be at times, so don't expect that you're just going to be able to pick this stuff up straight away and use it every time and everything is going to be a-okay this is just something to keep in the back of your mind when you're teaching your class or you're giving your employees a job to do or you're teaching you're teaching your children stuff or whenever you're teaching somebody something just keep this in mind so that is it for me this week, and that is a wrap for me this year. I'm gonna take some uh, I'm gonna take some time off. I'm gonna take a break from podcasting over, over the Christmas break, over the summer break, and I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy some some time off. I'll be back here in Feb where I will be reading part two of my book crashing in potential living with my injured brain and what a year it has been this year this has been one of the craziest years i think i'm ever gonna have i'm never gonna have full stop i think it is has had has been it's thrown me so many curveballs and I'm oh, talking like I'm the only one that's been going through this. It's thrown me a few curveballs, but I—I I guarantee it has thrown—thrown other people so many more curveballs than it has of me. And I just take literally—I've got to take my hat off to all of the teachers and all of the students that have done an absolute amazing job this year and the Year Twelves this year. I mean, boy, what a challenge that would have been. And congratulations if you made it all the way through. Because you now this has prepared you 100% for the workplace. Because, you know, this is exactly like the workplace. You just get thrown curveball after curveball. And you just basically have to pick it up and run with it. So, well done to... to all the people that have done such an amazing job in our education system this year. Now I can't thank all my listeners enough. So to you guys uh, for the support that you've given me over this year. We've we've we we launched our VCal program uh, in schools at the start of the year, and we've doubled our expected yearly sales goal. Uh, so. We are super, super, super happy and super excited to bring you Crashing Into Potential. And we are excited for next year. If you would like to inquire more about the program Crashing Into Potential, head on over to my website www.scottbharris.com.au/vcal, and you can find out all the information you want about Crashing Into Potential, the VCAL program. From the team here at Crashing In Potential, have a merry, merry Christmas and a happy new year. I hope you have a safe time and we really do hope that you're going to be refreshed next year and come back and kick some major ass. Uh, no, I'm wrong. Oh, I'm lying. There's actually no. There's no team here. It's just me. I'm standing up here with the microphone talking to myself, laughing at myself. Uh, kind of kind of it's actually a very very hard thing to do is to say things that you find funny Uh, i'm actually always trying to uh, i'm trying to find things that i can say that will make myself laugh so hopefully you can laugh too and have some fun but from me stay safe and i will see you in the new yeah all right that's it i'm out see ya so that's it for today if you liked what you heard hit the subscribe button so you do not miss an episode better still hit the subscribe button and leave a review see you in the next episode